If you ask people what their number one problem is, most will not identify this question. Why am I not more effective at getting what I want? However, whatever their answer is, that's what it'll boil down to. So it's worthwhile to consider what we want as individuals and as societies and what might stand in the way of manifesting our desires. Most of us have been taught the methods and practices of rational analysis and problem solving. We've been practicing those techniques all our lives. And yet, there doesn't seem to be a strong correlation between those practices and one's quality of life. Albert Einstein famously said that you can't solve problems with the same kind of thinking that created those problems in the first place. For creative beings such as ourselves, our thinking is inadequate only because of self-limiting beliefs. I call those beliefs, the ones that hold us back, superstitions. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines superstitions as beliefs or practices resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, or a false conception of causation. As an example of a self-limiting belief, let's consider that last part of this definition, a false conception of causation. In our popular culture, both Friday the 13th and Black Cats have been considered by some to cause bad luck. And most of us realize that's a false conception of causation. However, we know for sure that our rational analysis and problem-solving skills are the best tools we have for getting more of what we want. We know this because everybody says it's true. But what if that certainty turns out to be a superstition? What if we have more powerful tools at our disposal and our belief in the supremacy of rationality constitutes a self-limiting belief? Here's how rationality shows up. You consider one of your problems. You talk to yourself about it. You discuss the pros and cons of one or more possible solutions to it. You hear yourself talking about it, and the voice you hear is yours. That's you speaking inside your head, isn't it? It's sometimes called the internal dialogue, and all of us engage in it. But what if that's not actually you? What if that internal dialogue is not something you are actually engaged in? What if it's playing out in your mind and you're just listening to it, just witnessing it? What if you allowed that dialogue to die down, to simply be noise that you can disregard? And what if in the silence that remains, you just know what to do? That's called intuition. In our culture, intuition has been relegated to the back seat by the internal dialogue that's been allowed to drive. That's been the way it is since the age of reason, which began in the 17th and 18th centuries with Newton and Descartes. Well, how can I empower my intuition? How can I let go of self-limiting beliefs? As we uncover and confront this superstition about our identification with the internal dialogue, our thinking expands to include new solutions to our problems, and it happens naturally. One of the primary misunderstandings I've dealt with all my life is that the voice in my head, the one that judges and analyzes and urges me to do better, isn't actually me. 
Acting in the world as if it is me is a self-limiting belief. Moving beyond these self-limiting beliefs allows us to more fully realize our potential to determine the quality of our own lives. That puts us firmly back in the driver's seat where we belong. You can read more about letting go of self-limiting beliefs in my latest book, Hoodwinked. For more similar content, you can take a look at my blog post entitled A Brief Conversation About Beliefs. You can find it at www.larrygottlieb.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.